listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Humanize Me. This is, oh wait, I screwed it up. Uh, never mind, I'll start over. Just don't even Is it because you're distracted looking at me? No, no, it's just because like, okay. I always say, welcome to Humanize Me, and they just said that. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is a Q&A episode, which means I am queuing and aing with my friend John Wright and the producer of this fine podcast. John, welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. You know, it's funny. I've, I've listened to a few podcasts recently where the producer plays a role. Like, evidently, oh, it's, really? a thi- it's kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess why we thought we were inventing something new here with this. Yeah, we, yeah. You remember why this started, this Q&A um, pr- producer thing? No. Oh, yeah, because I, like, I was doing solo podcasts and I sucked at it. Yeah, you, you were like, I don't like the way these go whenever I'm just talking into a microphone and there's no one to talk back. And I said, well, how about I just jump on with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and what's funny is this is, for those of you listening – um, John and I are actually watching because the 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 platform we we use this uh, platform called Zencaster, which is kind of a podcast remote recording process that that it works really well for us. And and John found it. And John, you've actually you actually have had interactions with the CEO of Zencaster. That's true. That's true. I like to. <laughs> I like that. I like that you name dropped for me. Yeah. I, I yeah. did. I, mean, I was impressed when you told me that. Um, but the weird thing is Zencaster did a sweeping update of their software. And when I went on to do my last interview with somebody, all of a sudden it's, it's video. Right. So you're seeing the person as well as hearing them. And all, up until now, we haven't seen anyone. And it has thrown me for such a loop. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm such an audio person. When right. it comes to this stuff, and it's distracting, and it kind of it kind of gives me horrible flashbacks to all these Zoom calls I have to do. And um, anyway, I don't I don't know what I think of it, honestly. So so you and I, because like we're going to try this, and and yes. I'm going to be interested if people are like, I feel a different quality of connection. You seem more distracted, <laughs> or you seem more intense. Like I, like, can you tell when we're seeing each other? I I just don't know how I feel about it. I don't know either. I don't know, but right. I can I can see you, and there's part of me that does like it, and then there's another part that just like I'm distracted now by the way you're looking and yeah. what you're doing yeah. and where you're looking, and yeah, I don't know. And most people yeah. that can see me Take say a I'm, I'm a little. <laughs> I like some parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever says I like the whole package. <laughs> yeah. All right, so listen, we're gonna cut right to the queue, and again, Let's we shouldn't it. call Q and A. We should call Q and R. Because we're just going to try, like, I saw this question, I got a preview of it, and I was like, I can't answer this question. Right, it's just a response. There may not be, there may or may not be an answer. All right. Do you want me to uh, read this? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. It says, Bart, I left my faith about 14 years ago. It's been a lonely experience, especially since back then there wasn't the same connections through the internet that there are now. It seems that deconstruction is almost pop culture now and being talked about everywhere. I agree with that. Anyways, I appreciate what you're doing, and I am inspired by your vision. I still, quote, feel like a pastor in a lot of ways, and like how you are helping people take the good parts of church and recreate them in a new context. 
I've been thinking about getting connected to others in the same boat as me, people who have left Christianity and are looking for community. I am from Kitchener, Ontario, and I wondered if you had any connections to groups that I could connect with up here. I'm looking for a way to just talk about my experience of leaving faith and the lonely place it can be. If you don't have any recommendations, I'd love any tips or suggestions for getting like-minded people together online right now because of COVID. I know that's a big question, but any insight you have would be great. All right. Well read. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> no, and, and thanks for the question, Brian. Um, it is a question that comes across the transom almost every week to me in one way or another. Yeah, you um, get this a lot. There's a lot of lonely people out there. Mm -hmm. um, deconversion or deconstruction or whatever people call it, um, it can be really lonely because in many cases, the person going through it, their whole network are people that are still in the church or in the game. And sometimes people are isolated within their own family, within their marriage, you know, Sometimes they live in a small town that's got a very tight community and it's built around their church or, you know, it, it can be really, it can be really lonely space to be. Definitely. Yeah. And, and Brian's right on some level, it's way better now because there are ways to connect with people online, even if you're in a little tiny, you know, five church town in the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. you, you may have to be on the down low in your real life, but you can still talk to people. Right. Yeah. The rest of your time can be spent with these other communities of people doing things online. And if only that were satisfying. Mm -hmm. And if only that were what people were really looking for or what they were missing. But, you know, the problem is, is that when people leave faith, they're also like, like in many cases, that what they're craving is the the kind of interpersonal relationships that you have within a faith community. Um, right, right. And and famously we have, you know, a different starting point on that stuff because I probably find find the internet and online communities more useful than you do or more you know, but we agree on the basics that, you know, essentially you need more than that uh, ideally. And yeah, sometimes it's all people have in this space. So what do you think I I mean there's a lot in there because it's really asking about, do you have connections to groups? But, and, and you do sort of, but maybe not, and certainly not in person for this person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because that town that he's from, I've been there. I, oh, I, yeah? I spoke at a little church there 25 years ago. Wow. Um, ran a youth retreat and spoke in church on Sunday morning. And um, yes, I know the, I know the town. Um, but all my connections there are evangelical. Um, right. <laughs> so, so I can't be much use to him there. But, but I, I hear this all the time. Do you know anybody here? Do you know anybody there? And um, in most cases, I don't. Mm. Um, or, 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 or the person I know is such a specific case that, you know, <laughs> yes, the one person I know in, you know, Dubuque, Iowa is, you know, your age right. and wants to be your friend. <laughs> and they <laughs> also entirely available. They also play chess. Um, <laughs> so, so the matchmaking thing can be hard that way. But of course, you know, 
fellowship or community or family is never really all about somebody who's just like me. Heck, what what we're finding is is that you know I talk to a lot of marriage counselors, and marriages where people have matched up because they have similar interests often don't do very well because the people are so similar that they end up getting hung up on small differences. Mm. Whereas people that are very different are like, okay, that's your bailiwick and here's my, you know, here's my area of expertise. And like, you do this and I'll do that and we'll support each other this way. But when people are very similar, they're like, well, that's not really the way you set a table. Well, it kind of, you know, that's not the way you cook that. And, 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 you know, and, and people get it, get get it in each other's way. Um, but, but, but really in a family or in a, you know, it, it's kind of almost an artificial, we draw a circle around a group of people that are in many ways, not like us at all. And we go like, but these are your people. Right. Right. Well, and I, I how, how connected to your fellow Christians did you feel, you know, when you, when you were a Christian, in other words, like the, the people in the pews next to you, you probably didn't have a whole lot in common with them outside of that context. Right. And and you would sometimes end up, you know, moving some old lady out of her house or helping some kid learn to drive. Like you, you would end up in, in meaningful connections with people that you wouldn't otherwise have met in your daily life. Right. Right. Um, you know, I mean, every motorcycle gang member I was ever friends with and I, and I was friends with a, a number of people that were in motorcycle clubs and motorcycle groups. They all came through church connections. You know, mm. I knew bikers in Australia. I knew bikers in Kentucky, like guys that I would never meet in real life, you know? Right. Um, right. But you in, weren't into the same things as them, but you were, you had, you had this sort of like foundational con- connection. Yeah. Yeah. This this point of, and so I, I think that in some ways it's not as important what, what somebody like Brian is, is looking for is more, hey, is there a place where I can connect with other people who are working through the faith stuff? I don't necessarily need fellow hikers mm. who, are, who are working through, you know, hikers who are deconverting or, you know, rock climbers who are deconverting or, you know, stamp collectors who are dis- no, this, deconverting. Yeah, this is so funny because I, I feel like when, it, so when I moved cities in the last couple of years, I, I had this um, almost obsession with like, Okay, but I'm I'm a very specific kind of person, you know. Like I have these specific interests, you know, and and, and like I've got this specific background, and I'm never going to find it. And I started to fi- feel almost like it was never going to happen. Like I was never going to find people who were like me, yeah, because I felt like I was too specific of a thing or something, you know. And I think you can sort of talk yourself into that kind of yeah. corner, yeah. Um. If if you're not careful, and then you re, then you look back at your your other friendships, and you realize, oh yeah, like on paper, I don't have a whole lot in common with this person, this person, this person either. But it really works. We love each other right, at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's funny. I was I was thinking about my five best friends in high school, uh-huh. who we all ran around together, six of us, and where they've ended up. And, I mean, these are the guys that were in my wedding, and oh my gosh, like one of them is still my closest friend who, who's been on this podcast, actually, Matthew Roderick. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other ones are so, like, like I'm like, there's like one of them's a Trump supporting 
you know, kind of right wing guy. Um, one of them ha- has gone off the reservation. He's like in this weird Christianity cult of one. One of them's been through a really crazy journey and and like won't talk to any of the rest of us. One of them went into, you know, actually two of them won't talk to the rest of us. Um, wow. Yeah, very strange. Okay. And I look back and I go like, but we were all so similar in high school. And I go like, no, we weren't. <laughs> we had this one thing in common. We were all in the same Bible study and we were all manically committed to Christianity. But, you know, we weren't similar that was it. temperamentally. We weren't similar. Right. That was it. And, and it was all it took to have a really good time with those people. Yeah. And to be close to them. I mean, I care about, I, you know, I still yeah. care about all of them. Right. Um, right. So, so I think like I want to get, and that's a, a good segue into a couple of things I want to say to Brian. The first thing is, Brian, is that the problem isn't just that you deconverted. The problem is that you're in your 40s. Or that you're anything not in high school or college. Because high school and college are designed environments for people to form friendships. Like that's like everybody's gonna everybody's the same age, everybody's in one place, everybody's gonna eat lunch together. Um, when you get to college, it's even more spe- more, more like everybody's got sort of the same socioeconomics, same basic level of intelligence. And we're going to organize all these activities. There's going to be dances and there's going to be ball games and there's going to be teams and chess clubs. And like, it's all designed for you to connect. And so people think that they've got really good social skills in those environments, but all the work is being done for you by somebody else. And I can't tell you how many young adults I meet just in their like 25, 26. And they're like, I got out of college. I got this job. And I moved to a big city and I can't find friends to save my life. And the reason is because they know how to, they know how to dance at the school dance, but they don't know how to throw a school dance. Right. They don't know how to create a context in which to meet people. And the contexts that are available to them, like, you know, bars, um, you know, or, 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 um, you know, like online dating services, like these are foreign to them. So I, so the first thing I want to get across is that, and you've probably heard me say this before, is that most people are under the misapprehension that friendship and community are the birthright of good people. Like if you're a good person, you will end up having good friends. And that's not true except Mm -hmm. in high school and in college. Mm -hmm. In the real world, the people that have good friends are the people that figure out that you have to put a lot of intentional effort into building friendships, that they don't come naturally. That 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 you you're you not actually just, have to do you have to actually do some things yeah it's, it's like like nobody thinks that you just get in shape right you know like I'm a good person so I should be in physical condition like everyone knows like you have to work out or like that food will just magically appear on your table you're like no I have to go to the grocery store I have to cook it like I have to put forth intentional effort for there to be food on the table well friendship is the same way and fellowship and community particularly if you are a deconverted christian finding other deconverted christians like you're not going to bump into them at the grocery store right that 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 amount of intentionality can make people feel like oh i'm trying too hard and you know that that means something yeah 
It yeah. d- and, it, and that's the thing I would say is like, hey, Brian, 14 years and you're still kind of lonely doesn't say a thing about you. Doesn't mean you don't have all the qualities of a good friend. Right. Doesn't mean there's anything broken or wrong with you. It may mean that that you're just now figuring out like that you need to do something intentional about it. Like th- ding, 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 you have finally arrived at the moment of of possibility. Yeah, when you said 14 years, I, I just glanced down at this message and realized that, yeah, I, so I, that's something that I just wasn't keeping in mind. So he says, I left my faith about 14 years ago yeah. and I'm looking for connections. Oh, and that's the only other place once you get out of college. The only, the only other way you're going to find friendship that's really easy is if you're a believer, you can walk into a church in like virtually anywhere. And if you find like the right brand of church, you'll be fine. Okay, I want to I want to ask a ten what could be tangential here, but I, I want to ask. You mentioned a bar, right? People meet at a bar, yeah. And and the classic example that every that every American talks about is Cheers, where you know, like that that bar in Cheers was the the hub of community, and everyone knew each other, and people, you know, yeah. When you came in, they knew what you wanted to what you wanted to drink, and yeah. you know everything. There's a question that I sometimes get from from secular people who know that you know we do this podcast and stuff like that, who don't necessarily feel like they need anything other than a bar like Cheers or or so, something like that, right? And they don't. So they would ask Brian, why is it around this issue you need community rather than? I mean, you left your faith 14 years ago. Why is it still important? What faith or not that you have, yeah. or you, you, you know, is, is humanism important? Is that, is that really, why can't you just go to cheers? Right. And he told you, and he told you, he said, I still feel like a minister. Yes. Okay. He wants to be engaged in the process of actively building up other people's well-being. Like, and you relate to that more than oh gosh, yes, more than almost anyone I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So like he wants to be part of a group that's actively building each other up and then reaching out and trying to like be of service to others. Like that's how he gets his jollies. Well, sometimes the way you'll put it is you'll say the word mission because that's the big word in Christian circles, but it applies beyond it where mission oriented. I mean, you hear this from, from people who come back from active duty where they had a sense of purpose a sense of this group doing things they felt it was important yeah. you know and and whether they even agreed with the war they were sent to or not wasn't the key point the point was they now miss that sense of mission so they can be horribly depressed as we know coming back from that because in the real world there isn't that just built in or gifted to you as a part of society you actually have to seek it out and do and do specific right. things. Unless, like, except in evangelical Christianity, you're like, well, if that were true, then lots of ex-military guys would gravitate towards the church, which they do. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> because this idea of like, we're in this hierarchical structure and we're trying to make a difference in the world and we right. have a purpose and a mission, you know, and there's, you know. Yeah, and I, that probably goes back in a lot of ways to to just human evolution, the evolution of groups, Right. Where, you know, th- that hunting group really did have that purpose yeah. and they had the, a very central purpose to the survival of the group. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to like, I could talk about this a lot. I don't want to, because Brian is, what Brian is asking is like, okay, 
enough analysis, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm wanna, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, for starters, in COVID, like I had a wonderful group like that here in Cincinnati. Caravan, man, I love that group. I was just getting, I just got together with four of the people at a socially distant place in a big uh-huh. atrium that four of the people that helped run it. And we we're just talking about how much we miss these Sunday mornings and and the gatherings and and, and the, the stuff. And and we'll get back to it hopefully in the fall. But man, it has been a huge void in our lives. Yeah, um, yeah. But, so many of these groups are on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And so the group thing is wonderful. But but in, in, in the earliest analysis, what Brian's sort of like is, could I just talk to somebody? Like, I just have nobody to talk to. Those groups are going to appeal to people who miss being part of a group, like who loved the groupness and who miss the gathering stuff. Some people don't. You know, some people only did that because God was going to send them to hell if they didn't. But as soon as God went off the scene, they were like, you know, I never really liked getting together with other people that much. (laughs) Um, um, I was, you know, but there are a lot of people for whom that experience is really fun. Um, and, and, And if you're missing that, part of this is COVID too. Part of this is COVID and, and, and a lot of people are, are missing it. And there's going to Definitely. be, I think there's going to be a huge pent up demand for in-person gathering w- when it's possible. I agree. And I want us to be part of the way society gets built after that. I want this conversation yeah. to be part of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do too. But but what I would say is in, in the meantime, Brian, the first thing I would say I want you to do is I want you to, I want you to take some time and read some things and like noodle around and come up with an elevator speech about who you are. I hated calling myself a humanist when I first came out. Like I had so many bad associations with the word humanist and I had no interest in calling myself a secular humanist. But like ultimately it was, it was a matter of I need to have a way, like I'll define humanist differently. I'll say the word humanist and then tell you what I mean by that in the next sentence, but I got to have something I can call myself so that I can tell you who I am, John, so that if you know somebody like me, you can say, you should talk to my friend, Bill or Mary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so labels are important. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to be labeled. You know, that's the whole thing. I'm out of this. And, you know, and I get that because, because labels can be used to hurt people. And, and, and some people are like, I, you know, I'm more than, I'm, I'm different, I'm unique. And I'm like, I, I don't care how unique you are. You got you to gotta come up with a way of describing yourself so that you can put yourself on the market. Mm. So that you can put yourself, so you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, I think you need to say like, I'm this. And, and you know, you can say like, I guess I'm more of a Bart Campolo type of humanist than I am a, you know, Matt Dillahunty kind of humanist. Uh, you know, like if you want to, if you want to narrow it down, if you, or you can just say like, I'm a humanist. And what I mean by that is, is that I don't believe in God, but I, I really do want to devote my life to making things better for other people. How, how, but you've got to have a one or two sentence way of describing yourself, a right. spiritual identity. Okay. Because that's one of the keys to connection is like, you know, even like in a bar, you go like, oh, that's a woman, that's a man. And that's like, or that's a woman who used to be a man. Like, you know, that you, you have to, you have to be able to identify people in order to know, like, is that a person that I'm going to have something to talk to about? Definitely. Yeah. 
So, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, is I think you have to also be able to say in a few sentences, and this is going to take some time, what you're looking for. Like what you're looking for. Uh, it's almost like those singles ads, like, you know, single white male looking for, you know, uh, someone to cook with and, you know, and share special times. You know, um, it's funny. I was just thinking that because that, that's the irony of this is that it, it in some ways is easier to find a date in 2021, yeah, you know, than it is really a, a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Which used to be really hard. Yeah. We solved that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so un unless you talk to people that are doing it and they'll say, it's not quite solved. Right. It's um, not so great. Yeah. But I think that this is really important is, is to get articulate about what you're looking for. So when I, right. you know, when, you know, what I would say is it's okay to say, you know what I'd like to be part of? I'd like to be part of kind of a church for people who don't believe in God. Or I'd, I'd like to be part of a group of people that gather together once a week and talked about this or you know what i really am looking for like i want to be part of a group of people that are really committed to service but like it, it isn't all mixed up with god talk um but i think you've got to be able to talk to say to out articulate loud. it yeah. out loud even for yourself i'd like there to be some music i don't want there to be any music i'm looking for a book group um mm -hmm. I'm, i you know I, I i i'm 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 looking for um, someplace to talk about these kinds of ideas. Um, I'm looking for someplace where a group, where, where there are people of all different generations so that, you know, I kind of miss that, but to, but to really visualize what it is that you're looking for yeah, and be able to describe it because in a lot of cases, it's just like starting a restaurant or anything else. There's a period of time where you just talk about it a lot. And some people go like, oh, that sounds good. I remember being in, the, in, in this, in this uh, living room with this, this guy I had met. He was a theater guy in, here in Cincinnati. And we had met through a theater thing. And he invited Marty and he and his wife invited Marty and I for dinner. And we're just sitting in their living room talking and talking about our backgrounds and stuff. And I started talking about this thing that I wanted. He was like, oh my gosh. His wife, his wife looked at him and said, he talks about that all the time, how he misses that. I don't know what he's talking about. And we started talking back and forth. And because I sort of floated the idea, he then jumped on it and we started talking about it. And in the end, like years later, when we started Caravan, he was one of the key people who helped us wow. find the place to be. That's cool. Um, and so what I would say, Brian, is, is that you're probably not going to find what you're looking for until you can describe what you're looking for. Mm. And that's a really important thing is you got to be able to describe yourself and describe what you're looking for. And, and, and in a sense, part of your descri description is like, yeah, I'm a really nice guy. I'm a this, I'm a that. You know what? One of, the, like, one of the things I'm really hoping for someday, someday I would love to be part of a congregation of people who are pursuing kind of, you know, gro personal growth and goodness and service to others, but in a really non, in a completely secular way. Mm-hmm. And what what will happen is, is that if you learn to put up the flag, you'll be surprised at, to find that people people rally around it. People come together around that flag and they go, oh, me too. Oh, me too. But you, but one of the most important things is, is the people that find friendship are oftentimes people that admit, that, that say, 
you know what? I really am hoping to form some closer relationships. And that becomes part of their identity. And you say, hey, so what's going on? You go, like, well, you know, it's great here in Cleveland. You know, I'm really enjoying the, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the baseball team and my job's really good. But you know what, mom, you know what, brother, you know what, friend in Wyoming, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm really looking to, to find friendship. Like I, I want, I want some deeper relationships than I have right now. Not in a complaint way, just in like, this is, this is me. Right. Because you'd be amazed at how often talking about these things, keeping them in the front of our mind makes us sensitive to seeing opportunities around us. And yeah. so that needs to become part of your identity, both your self understanding and the way you present yourself to others. Right. Right. Um, in a practical sense, O'Brien, you say, well, who am I going to have that conversation with? And I said, well, you know, that's where you might want to like look into that, like recovering from religion website because they have a hotline. They, they do that. They have people who talk to each other about like what it's like to be trying to make their way in the world. Yeah. As one sentence he says here, I'm looking for a way to talk about my experience of leaving faith and the lonely place it can be. And that's what they that's do. That's those guys. That's, that's what, what they do. That's those guys. Yeah, yeah. And they're connecting people all over the country. And they're really, they're, 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 they're really good at sort of boundarying the conversation so that like you're not opening yourself up to a lot of weirdness, but mm -hmm. being able to keep, have focused conversations with people that, that are in that place. And sometimes those things grow into, hey, let's get five of us together and go for a, a dinner somewhere. Or let's go on a retreat somewhere. Or let's meet up in the city because we're from all over the place. And, right. and real relationships grow out of that. Um, the other thing is, John, I, 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 not to toot our own horn, but like the Humanize Me Facebook group is a lot of nice people, many of whom are in that same space. Yeah, and they may not be uh, local to Brian like he wants, but uh, but I'm sure some of them may be. And it is about a thousand or so really nice people there who are very, you know, into this conversation right now. And what I would say is like on that Facebook page, I think it's really okay for somebody to say, hey, this is great. I love this conversation. Um, I'd love to have a phone conversation with somebody who just wants to swap stories. Anybody, right. would anybody be willing to have that phone? Like it would be a real service to me. That would mean mm -hmm. a lot to me if I could just talk to somebody. And you're like, right. it may not be the, it may not set your world on fire, but you know what? That's how, that's how these kinds of things. You yeah. Get, you, you, one of the ways you get better at talking about yourself is practice. Yeah, and it's amazing how useful those things could be to someone who doesn't actually even, you know, would, wouldn't suspect it, you know. I remember listening to Lori Santos uh, talk. She did that Yale course on happiness, and she talked about how psychologically valuable it seems to be even just to have like a, a tiny interaction with a stranger, like the smallest thing that you would never even think mattered at all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can imagine some, something like you're describing where some of these people can maybe get together on like a Zoom call or whatever it is. That could be way more valuable than you think it would be yeah. going into it. And, you know, that's the stranger idea is really good because I got, I got very comfortable talking about my spiritual identity. Mm -hmm. um, with strangers? 
Uber drivers, um, okay. people on buses, you know, so like, you know, cause you, you know, you just sort of like, so where are you headed? I'm going there for work. And you go like, yeah, well, kind of like I do this. And I would just float the idea, like I do this, and people would ask questions. And I started to learn, like when I describe it this way, people shut down. When I describe it this way, people open up. Um, <laughs> right, right. You know, when, when, when people like you like, say, that's good practice by itself. Yeah. And I just think on some level, if you want to have friendships in which your love of love and your desire to make the most of your life and all that stuff, where that's at the center that's not something you keep in abeyance until you figure out if somebody is a good friend. And then you're like, oh, now that I trust you, let me tell you about my values. That's something that you put out there right at the beginning. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm actually on my way like to a meeting. Like, I know this will sound weird to you, but like, I'm, I'm part of a group that, you know, sort of mostly people that used to be parts used to be faith faith people and now we're doing it this way and and so often the uber driver would say like oh my gosh i'm totally a church guy but i have an uncle who would love your group <laughs> right you know or they would say like oh my gosh i never understood that whole church thing like how did you how did you even find this thing? people would be interested for themselves for their cousins for their friends or or just but 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 in any way in any case rather I became better at talking about that part of my life and communicating about that part of my life. And Brian, that's the other thing. It's like, it's easy in high school. You get plenty of chances. In the, in the adult world, it's hard to find people and connect with people. So you don't want to blow your chance by stumbling over the words. And you go, so practice. Practice. Talk about, you know, t it, so it, it works on two different levels. Um, the idea of like walking into a group like Cincinnati Caravan, like or Oasis in in Kansas City, when we had Smalley on the podcast, he was like, "Well, there, you know, there's that great group up there in in Kansas City." Right? I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, if you're living in Kansas City, lucky you. But if you don't, um, you may you, you know you may end up having to be a little bit more willing to try to create a little small group thing in your home. Um, where you invite people over that's more akin to a Bible study than a church, it, right. to, to use the analogy. Um, yeah, and there are probably easy ways, easy-ish ways into that kind of setting too, because you could you could say, let's meet at a coffee shop at first. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think like, first of all, there are online resources. And like, if you're an ex-pastor, there's that whole clergy project thing that we had. We had some people talk about that on the pro right. program. It's a little bit more of a secret, like, like, like you, you gotta, you gotta go through some process to become part of it. But that's a place where people talk about that stuff too. Um, but you know, the other thing, John, is once you accept that you're looking for those kind of relationships, I go like, go to your local bookstore and see if there are any book book groups. Book groups are a place where people that are thinking about ideas gather. And like, it may not be around these ideas, but that's a place to go. And if you end up talking about Mary Oliver poems or Moby Dick or some other book, your values are like, at some point you're going to say, well, I see it this way for this reason. And you're going to surface other people that see it that way for the reason. So I go like book groups. I go like volunteer opportunities, mm. like like you know the, the the local school tutoring program, the 
go the the, the people who go in and do literacy programs in prisons. Um, you go like, well, I mean, how am I going to find humanists there? I go like, wait, these are secular service groups. Who do you think's going to be there? Right, right. Um, and so I would go like, there's volunteering, cooking classes. You know, play, again, places where people are engaged because if, you're, if your desire is to be around people that are trying to make the most of their lives, softball leagues, you know, chess clubs, um, places where people put effort into getting together around an activity, I think you're, I think you, you're going to be surprised at if you go into those settings and you're able to talk about yourself and identify yourself I think you're going to be surprised at how, how, how you're going to draw to yourself the kind of people I think so that yeah. you're looking for. I think so too. Yeah, um, it's funny because especially especially volunteering. You, you mentioned volunteering. It strikes me that if you're looking especially for that kind of mission oriented thing, you know, things like Habitat for Humanity and things like that are. And and you know I mean I don't mean to be reductionist there to to that kind that style of volunteering all kinds of stuff, but like yeah they're they these are I think mission oriented yeah. things that are nothing to do with religion but they're yeah but they are like animal shelters okay here's the interesting mm -hmm. thing a lot of people when they go secular their attitude towards animals changes because they were taught that like human beings are like God and animals are to be eaten. Um, or to be used or to be subjugated. Like, and all of a sudden they're like, wait, we're all animals. We're all part of this ecosystem. And that doesn't mean I'm less loyal to the humans. But what it does mean is, is that I see it differently. A lot of those people end up having a different relationship with animals. And so like you volunteer in, in animal, animal stuff, environmental stuff. Again, environmental stuff often attracts people that mm. see this life and this world and the material universe as kind of, the ground of all being. And so that becomes a place where you're going to find people, the citizens climate change lobby. You know, they have local chapters all over the place. And you go, but right. I was looking for a humanist fellowship. And they go like, strangely enough, if you started a humanist fellowship, pretty soon people are going, like, what are we going to do together? We should do something about the environment. And like, they're already there. And so I just really like, I think yeah. that you have to think like almost the way we all used to think about dating is like, where are the kind of people that I want to find? Well, like, where are the kind of humans that you want to find? And I think that, I think that you're going to have to show up. You're going to have to, to, to go to some things. And that's why I'm like, be, you know, I want you to be prepared to have thought through some things and how you're going to present yourself because it's hard to walk in the door. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, and, and so, um, yeah, so you got to learn to put up the flag so that people know who you are. You got to figure out where the kinds of people that you're interested in are going to be naturally attracted to be. Activity, you know, and you say, well, what about a softball league? And I go, yeah, softball league's not a bad idea either. Like, the, like, what I find is, is that you can sort of divide the world into people that are looking to be entertained and people that are looking to participate. And Brian has self-identified as somebody, I want to participate in something. Mm -hmm. And I go like, okay, then like whatever people are doing, the participators, the radio control airplane buffs, like you're going to have a better chance of engaging with the other participators. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's true. Um, now he said, you know, um, online right now because of COVID, but I think it's not because he prefers online. I think it's because he wants to get into more of what you're talking about, and because of COVID, you have to start somewhere. So those every one of those groups you just mentioned are going to have an online presence. They're going to be able to you know connect you. Um, so there are ways in, you know, you, you could probably be pretty strategic about it, actually, if you wanted to be and think like, th- think, think about the next, you know, six months to a year. Yeah. Think about what you're, what you're going to want to be involved with and right. seek once out you, the local you versions of that. Yeah. Um, and now I know sometimes people are like, well, I can't identify myself that way because I'm in this marriage or I'm in this family and like I'm, I'm on the down low. And I go like, if you're on the down low, you, you probably are going to be lonely because one of the keys to forming authentic relationships is being, is being able to, to present yourself as you really are. Yeah, you need um, people to talk about it. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I have a lot of sympathy for people who, for one reason or another, are sort of stuck, you know, you know, and, and they're like, well, Bart, do you know anyone who knows the secret handshake so I can find them without, without being open about who I am? And I go like, yeah, that's, that's really hard. Mm. And like, ultimately a big part of forming relationships as an adult is being able, being vulnerable. You know, that's the whole Brene Brown vulnerability thing. You know, if you heard Ted talk about vulnerability, but there's a sense in which, and, that, and that's why I say like, it's okay to present yourself as like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I miss. This is what I wish I had. Like mm-hmm. it, part of your identity is this thing of like, this is the gap in my life. And right. what I find is that when I talk about the gap in my life, even if, like if my wife says like, I struggle with sleep, everybody's like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Yeah. Have you tried <laughs> like everyone makes it their problem. And sometimes right. that can get over, that can get overbearing. But the reality is, is that one of the cool things about sharing, like, this is the gap in my life. This is the thing I'm struggling with is, is that other people go like, well, have you thought about this? Have you, I know Mm -hmm. this. And you, you draw people into your world. Um, I I think there's one last thing I want to say. And that is that a lot of times people that grew up in church don't really, haven't really thought a great deal about what friendship is or what it's for. And I think you not only would be able to describe yourself and what you're looking for, but I think you have to have a fairly clear idea of like, what do you think a friend is? You think it's somebody who's just fun to be around? Or do you think there's an element in which what you're really looking for is somebody who you can commit yourself to like, I wanna see that person thrive. And I think that they wanna see me thrive. Like that there's an element of friendship that has to do with, I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to see you become the best version of yourself. And I think a lot of times when people say they're looking for friendship, what they're really looking for is companionship. And I think it's really important to, 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 if you're looking for friendship, then, you know, be on the lookout for friendship because sometimes you might see somebody like, wow, that person's a lot of fun to be around. And you're like, yeah, but like, are you drawn to them? Do you, do you have a kind of an inner, like, are you rooting for that person? And do you think that they are capable of rooting for you? Um, So I think it's really important. You know, I, I sometimes say to people, Hey, tell me your five favorite movie friendships. 
or TV friendships. And then they'll mm. list them for me, like Starsky and Hutch or, you know, Thelma and Louise or, you know, and I'll be like, <laughs> what do you like about those friendships? Like what, what attracts you to them? And like, you want to not only be familiar with yourself and not only familiar with where other people might be, but you want to be familiar with, you want to have thought through what, what's the kind of bond you want to have. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I haven't really had many of those kinds of friendships. And I, I think like, yeah, you got to have to do some thinking about relationships and, mm. and you may end up needing to go to therapy to, to kind of figure out like, what is a healthy human relationship? Because a lot of people are trying to, to find something. And even if they find the right person, they're going to put them into the wrong mold and they're going to burn that friendship out because they think it's supposed to be X or Y when it's really supposed to be Z. And so if you're really struggling with friendship, and again, the church solves this problem for you. The church creates a model of friendship or a way of being together that doesn't require a great deal of authenticity. And in fact, that thrives on inauthenticity. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to present yourself in a certain way in a, in a church setting. But when you get out of that, you may need to learn, you may need to rethink what friendship is. That's huge, I think. That's a big that's a big topic that I'd love to talk more about another time because I feel like there's a lot there. I Is that I your subtle way of a, saying that I'm talking too much? No, no, no. It's my it, honestly it's my way of saying I wish we could talk about that like yeah. you know for the next half hour. But um no, I I think that's really huge. So I I often recommend people like what well, I I mentioned the Brené Brown book, but I I often recommend this old book by a psychologist called uh The Friendship Factor. And it is uh -huh. old and hokey and terrible and wonderful. Um, all the stories are hokey and all the points are really good in terms of trying to figure out like what is a relationship supposed to do? And, you know, one of the things I always remember that that guy said is it was written by a guy named Alan Loy McGinnis. And I remember one of the things that he said that always stuck with me is he was talking about marriage. And he said, oh, he said marriage or romance. He said, that's like, it has all the same elements of friendship that we're talking about here plus sex. Mm -hmm. But he's like, a good marriage also works like a good friendship. And there has to be a sense in which I'm here, I'm rooting for you. I'm thinking about how I can be a blessing in your life and how you, right. and, and I'm hoping that you, you know, and I'm going to share my stuff with you and trust that you want the, what's you, you you're going to work in my best interests, that it's not just about like where we get along or he makes me laugh, that there's, that there's an underlying commitment to the well being of the other. Um, and I just think like, that's a really valuable thing to think about when you're lonely because a lot of times lonely people, um, gosh, I wish, I, I, I'll, I'll post it on the show notes. There's this great podcast I heard about scarcity. Um, mm -hmm. It was like a hidden brain podcast on scarcity. Okay. But one of the things they said is that when you go without something for a long time, you end up wanting it so badly that when it becomes available to you, you grasp at it too hard and, and often drive it away. Uh. And you work against yourself. And, mm -hmm. and, and they talk in particular about people that are lonely, oftentimes when they finally get an opportunity at a relationship, they jump into it with both feet and they crowd the person and they 
they're so excited to be in it that they're like, let's get together every night for the next 20 years. And like, we're going to move in together. And, and, and they burn it out. <laughs> and so one of the things too, I think a lot of the people that are looking for fellowship and friendship need to be thinking about is, okay, what are going to be my, what are going to be my tendencies? How do I tend to blow up a relationship or where do I tend to go wrong? Right. And so I think you have to. A lot of self-awareness. It, it, it takes some self-awareness. Um, and, and, but I think that self-awareness is not just something that you get by like meditating in a room. I think that self-awareness is, is something that you get by actually reading and thinking and watching podcasts and TED Talks about friendships, about relationships. Because, and you say like, no, 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 that, but that's for people that are really into relationships. I don't have very many relationships. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the whole point is that you need to be thinking about relationships the way skiers think about skiing, the way cyclists think about bike repair. Like you need to become somebody for whom friendships and relationships are a topic of interest, are a priority of thought. And so I just like, you know, and Brian, dude, I don't know you. And you're probably like, you, maybe you don't need any of this. But a part of me goes like, don't just think if I give you the website or if I connect you with this lovely group of humanists that gather together in, in, you know, in your town, don't just think you're going to walk in there and it's going to be magical because like you, part of the problem maybe that you can't find that group. And part of the problem may be that you don't know how to talk about yourself or that you have unrealistic expectations or that you've been without it so long that you're, that you, that you're, you're, you're rusty at these things. And I'm like, dude, right. Start fantasizing about friendship. I mean, Lord knows there, there were relationships that we became very good in our younger years at fantasizing about and imagining scenarios and visualizing our performance. And you go like, wait a second. You're not saying that I should really think about like what kind of way I would want to relate to a friend or how, what kinds of conversations or, or what, what, like what kind of meals I, I would love to serve to a friend. And I go like, yeah, I want you fantasizing about being an amazing friend the way I used to fantasize about being an amazing lover because it gets your, it, you, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your expectations right. And so, yeah. So a part of this is like, hey, you got a website for me? And I go like, yeah, there's some websites out there. And, uh, and, and our Facebook page is a great place. But part of it is like, dude, friend, woman, whoever you are, like, look, look inside and and do an inventory because this isn't about self-judgment this isn't about self-hating this is about going like okay I, you know this is i gotta guard against this i gotta put a rubber band around my wrist and remind myself not to do that mm -hmm. because again in high school you can screw up and there'll be another group of kids at another lunch table the next day in real life the target rich environments are so few and far between that you, you kind of want to show up prepared. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I'm, I know I'm rambling. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I will probably put on the show notes, a few of the links to the things we've been talking about. Okay. So if you want to send me some, yeah, yeah, I will. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. To add to that. And, uh, let's see, we'll put on some, yeah. What, what, what are the things that I should put on recovering from religion? Yep. Uh, clergy project, our Facebook group, uh, Brene Brown's vulnerability, Ted talk, uh, <laughs> uh, a link to the book, the friendship factor, 
um, which is just the one that came to mind. Um, what else do we do? What else would be good? Oh, you know what? I just got this letter from these people that are doing a survey mm-hmm. of secular communities all over the place. And so somebody's like, I know of one in Dubuque. I know of one in, you know, and, and so I'm going to post that, that link. These, these people are sort of charting them all out. And when they're done, I, 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 I expect they will put out a report that sort of says, this is where you can find all this, all the wonderful secular you know, communities. And that would be a really mm-hmm. great thing. So that'd be really we'll cool. Put the survey yeah. thing up there. Maybe we'll have those people come on and talk about what they're doing. Be amazing. Um, all right. Yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry for being so you're, all over the map. Your heart is with a question like that more than, more than any, almost anything else. Yeah. Cause you know, loneliness is a bitch. And I I think there's so much education that needs like when we're in school I mean the the damnable thing about schools is they teach you algebra and math and you know English literature and there was no course on balancing your checkbook <laughs> in the math, all the math I learned in high school they didn't teach me about how to how to how to do a check but that would have right. been useful there's nothing about how to fill out your taxes and so every kid I know, their first year working, they they end up calling their parents or calling somebody going, I'm in trouble. I don't, why didn't say, you go like, geez, why, why don't they teach people taxes? Yeah. And, and, or how to change a tire. Like, like actual things that you will need in life. Why don't they teach the math around that or the, or the physics around, teach, around changing a tire? Well, you know what? I don't remember the class on how to form good friendships. I don't remember the class. Like I read that New York times article, like uh, 36 questions to fall in love. Right. It's a wonderful, put that up there. Like it's a great article. It's a great article. You get an online relationship. You go, you know what? Why don't we try one of these questions? Let's, let's see what happens. You know, I mean, we've used them in our family. There was no class in, in high school where they said, Hey, here are some really good questions that you can use to get to know another person. Mm-hmm. Or hey, when you move to a new city, bookstores know where the you know, and libraries will know where the book groups are and the good lectures are. If you're near a college campus, you should go to some talks because you'll find people that are interested in the same stuff that you are. If you go to the right, you know, right. nobody taught us how to build friendships. And so, yeah, I, I am, I, I am really passionate about this. It pisses me off that there's so many really wonderful people out there who. Like are isolated, and 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 literally, like the problem is not what's on the inside. Their values are wonderful. They're, they're they're like they have lots to offer. They have lots to share. The problem is like nobody ever showed them how to how to make how to how to shoot that rope across to the other building, and mm-hmm. begin to build the bridge. Yeah, um, and it just drives me crazy. So yeah, th- yeah, yeah. So you're right. Thanks, Brian, for the question. Thanks, John, yeah. for the talk. We'll see you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanizemepod on Twitter and humanizemepodcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group, Just search Humanize Me on Facebook. 
To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. Hey, you could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can live for you ever wanted. Yeah. Cool.